0: Hello and welcome to the MHG Podcast. Once again, look, life can be miserable, it's bleak out there, and we're here to bring you a little bit of light, a little bit of joy. I'm Bradley, once again joined by Stu. How are we doing this week, Stu?
1: I'm pretty good. Uh, I had a tough week in work last week um, and the week before. And for the last six years, no, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that was tough, but it's got a bit better now. So, yeah, I've had a better week. Cheers.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I know you said you want to talk about it maybe another time, maybe when it's all settled down a bit and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, maybe, oh, not, not, I hate saying look forward to it because that's sometimes the wrong word, but you know what I mean, you know what I mean. I but do. We look forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we look we look forward to hearing about your misery. Chad. I was going
1: to say you want to revel in my misery, really, don't yeah. you? Well, it
0: makes a change from having to sort of like listen to mine. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> but talking of Bleak, um, and why I'm glad we're recording the podcast today, I watched a Ryan Hollinger video. Um, do you know? Are you aware of who Ryan Hollinger is?
1: No, it rings a vague bell, but no, I'm not sure. He critiques
0: horror movies on YouTube. Um, Irish guy, really good, really good. He, he's, he picks up like the well known horror movies and um, like obscure ones and gives them a really good critique. Well, last night um, he popped up, went, Oh, there's a Ryan Hollinger video, I've not watched one for a while. And I remembered, yeah, it, it was on there, it's probably one of the bleakest films ever made. But I don't care if you're Patch Adams, I don't care if you're Pee Wee Herman and, you know, you're the happiest people alive, it will make you miserable. Can you guess what that film could be?
1: Oh, uh, Martyrs?
0: No. No, Oh God, no, it makes Martyrs look like a walk in the park.
1: Oh, a Serbian story, a Serbian tale?
0: No, again, kids' films. It was Threads. Oh, God, (laughs) yeah. Um, But anyone who hasn't seen Threads, it was 1984 it released, I want to say, yeah. Um, originally. I was shown it in school. I was in, I want to say junior school. It must have been secondary school. No junior school teacher is insane enough to show Threads to a bunch of, like, pre-teens, surely. Um, So I'm going to say senior school. Um, I I watched this, and... Um, it terrified the living daylights out of me in the nineties. Um, God knows what it was like for anyone watching it in the mid eighties during the height of the Cold War. Um, but essentially, it's a documentary-style film set in Sheffield during the height of the Cold War when the bombs actually go off. Um, and it's very it, it starts off and it's just this like everyone running about their lives. It talks about the poverty under a conservative government. Nothing like today. Nothing like today. Nah, totally um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally different. You know, the poor and the working class, you know, are, are looked down upon and they live in squalor and everything. But going on around the outside of them, and it's not, you know, they're, they're not big on it or anything. Let's get on with their daily lives. It's the threat of Cold War, a war between nations with unstable leaders. Again, nothing like today. Nothing like today. Um, and essentially, the, the bombs go off. Um, and it's about those who survive and how they survive. One of the, the like the main character in it, she's pregnant, um, and then she has a baby, and then everyone dies around her every, at some point um, of radiation poison and stuff. And like a baby grows up, it becomes ten, and then there's there's rape. Um, and and stuff like that, and the ten-year-old gets a bit old when he ends up having a baby during the post-apocalypse with radiation poisoning, and it's a lovely, lovely ending to a film with a nice happy ending. Um, you know, it is the bleakest film I've ever watched, but it's a stark warning as to, to you know, what what, what could happen. Um, and it's like watching Ryan Hollinger's critique of it, just went oh god, I remember this film. Oh, God, no matter how bad your life is, it's never your radiation poison baby grows up to have her own radiation
1: poison baby bed. I know it. it is the most uh, for me It is the most bleak ever, <laughs> ever made or certainly yeah. that I've ever seen because it, it could be real. It's that realism and the fact that it, it could be your future, you know, and it's not an exaggeration, even though it's sci fi effectively. It's it's not an exaggeration. Um, if anything, these days it's probably less than it <laughs> less in part than it would be. Um, yeah. So yeah, pr- pretty rough, and it's one of those that you would not revisit very frequently. I think once every ten, fifteen, or maybe even twenty years would probably be. Um, yeah, about about the scale. Uh, I would recommend people watch it if they've got a strong stomach though, and they they don't. I mean, it's not. Oh God! Yeah, they don't hide stuff. They don't. They don't they, no, Ooh. it's very realistic in in kind of, you know, like well, spoiler warning and also content warning here for the next sort of minute or so. Um, but it has things like suppurating wounds and lots of dead bodies, and you know, it doesn't show people exploding as such. But it, you know, it does. It shows the aftermath in yeah. all of its griminess. It does it in that way that kind of British films tend to excel at if, if you want to call it <laughs> excelling um but yeah no it's almost like social you know social realism and social commentary alongside sci-fi and th- there are a few films like that um from russia uh that that's like stalker you know which is obviously Ooh. there's the game which is heavily inspired by that um there's one called dead, dead man's letters which is very similar in that way yeah. there's also the british when the wind blows and there's a few other but um yeah, I think for me it stands above them all. And yeah, if you, if you can stomach the content, then it's definitely worth watching. But do it on a happy day and prepare to have that day ruined. But don't do it on a sad day because, you know, prepare to like, throw yourself off a bridge.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like, I mean, to give you an idea of how, how, how grim and miserable it is, it's like Ken Loach decided to re-watch Kez over and over and over and over and over. And over. And was on a bad day anyway, and then decided to make threads. Um, yeah. yeah. it's not a Ken Loach film. No. So it's you know it makes Ken Loach look like a happy soul with some of his films. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Crazy as that seems, but yeah, no, it is it is genuinely well done, and it's it's strange. It's got a weird atmosphere. It's it taps into something that yeah. I don't know. I think is it it's it's done in a kind of verite styles. It's done like photojournalism it feels very real yeah. And, it's
0: it, yeah bbc have been good at that you know it's, it's like if you look back like they i think the other classic horror film uh, because that's what Fred is it's a horror film um at the end of the day uh just not uh what you would call a hollywood horror film yeah but ghost watch is another one which i thought was really well done presented as an actual tv show that was like actually going out you know ghost and it was just and the way they presented that and turned that into, you know, it's campy now by today's standards, but at the time it was our war of the worlds. It was crazy that the BBC put that out.
1: Oh, I know, absolutely. It, yeah, absolutely is. And they did a few, a few like that that were as bleak as hell that they just don't touch anymore. They don't, they don't go near trying to do that anymore on the Beeb, no. which is a shame. Um, there is one that they did called edge of darkness as well in the 80s and it had bob peck in it who's from you'll, you might remember him from jurassic park he's the the hunter guy the you know the, oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, 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 yeah clever yeah, girls
1: yeah. that guy um and that's really dark as well in lots and lots and lots of ways are very much worth watching i suppose we're a games podcast and we've been talking about films for like 20 minutes so we probably better move on
0: well all <laughs> this was to set up are you ready go on do you know what else is as bleak as Ken Loach using his universal credit, his pip, his job, and everything all cool at once?
1: What's that?
0: The AAA video game market, Stu.
1: Oh, you know you bang on there. I
0: know. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, that—that—that's the one hell of a setup. What we ten minutes in for for a segue? That—that's that's impressive, even for me. Not bad. I'm impressed. Uh uh-huh. I know. Uh, what have you been playing, Joe? Tell me it's not AAA, end of the world stuff. Like Marvel's
1: Avengers. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, that whole, that, all of it is so weird, especially Square, where Square Enix are going, Square Enix are going with their stuff. You know, they've cancelled, what, four games or something um, just this year? Mental. But,
0: um, I was going to talk, so before you go, I was going to talk about two games this week. I've, I, there's so much happening in the games industry that I'm going to talk about one game today uh, myself, and then we're going uh, to move on to uh, some JKR stuff, some Square Enix stuff, and some discourse around retro video games. So this could be fun. What have you been playing, Stu? Give us a panic cleanser.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we'll have to be brief on each one then, because that's a lot. But yeah, no, I've been playing Grid Force <laughs> or full title, Grid Force, Mask of the Goddess, which is a weird kind of action. Sorry.
0: Just, I feel sorry for Grid Force having to follow a discussion about threads, I, by the way. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> There'll be show notes, so people will just be like, eh, skip skip that depressing crap. <laughs> Let's get to the game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a funny one, like an action ERPG, RPG, and it's grid-based, as the title would sort, of, sort of suggest. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, it's like a bit of a shooter kind of thing. Um, it's really strange. So you have these, you have this grid. You can move on a grid, and the enemy can move on a grid. And depending on where you are, it depends on how well your attacks do. And you know, there are short, short ones that, that come out quickly, and there are big ones that take time to come out. And they can move on from that grid. Although some attacks will target grids and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh you move around very fast. It's kind of styling itself a little bit over af, after a shoot 'em up or maybe a puzzle game or a hybrid of the two. Um it's got a, so far a strong story. I've only played it for a couple of hours, but it's got a strong story. It's like um brings you into sort of a mystery of all of these kind of yeah like deities who are warring with one another or at least seem to be at odds over this infinitely repeating cycle of time that you're stuck in this loop of but are a newcomer too because your your memory isn't there at least as well i think it is <laughs> i'm trying to keep up with it it the kind of cutscenes that are done are in like comic book panels which are really good mm-hmm. and, and really nicely done uh, it allows them to switch up styles as well they can do it in a kind of More traditional fantasy style, or they can do it in a very silly, like childish style to represent different emotions and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, the dialogue's not bad at all; it's quite good and fairly intriguing. Not sold on the combat yet. Uh, It it might it might develop. It might develop, but at the moment, it's kind of like yeah. I see what you're doing. You want to make it so that you have the the growth of an RPG so you can develop your character and their stats and you can you, know, you can buy into certain weapons and certain abilities and magics but i uh, the actual moment to moment combat's not very exciting it's it doesn't have much of a connect or a punch um, the thing with RPGs is that the ones that i think were the best are the ones that when you when you're using RNG, so random number generation, so you can do one hit and sometimes it'll do a high amount of damage, sometimes it won't because it's random, um, that that feeling when you hit hard with it and you get a really big you know, impact from, from what you do. And when you go on in the game and become more accomplished, the frequency of that can improve if you put enough into it kind of thing. Um, it doesn't have that, or it certainly hasn't so far, it's like each mm. attack does what it does, like a shooter. Um, and so the blend of the two isn't really clicking. But it's okay, and it looks nice, and it's interesting. So I'm going to carry on with it for a bit. Uh, but I think unless it turns around with the, the moment-to-moment fighting, it's going to be a bit of a tough sell for me.
0: Yeah. the <clears throat> Now, I could have taken this one. This was one we got on a code. Now, the reason I didn't take it is I'm playing or oh, I have a game that I'm working through just for oh, oh, for myself not 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 for reviews or anything called end cycle versus which is an actually it's a card battler but it oh, yeah it is I suppose in a way um but it has that grid type thing where you've got on this one generally like three rows that you can move across, and the damage you do allows you to take territory, etc., and stuff like that. And it felt just a bit too similar to that, even though it's a different genre because it's more of a shooter than a, a card battler. I mean, this is like end, end Cycle Versus, it is a card battle, but it's real time. So you kind of pick your cards as you're moving, trying to shoot at the same time. It was just a bit too similar to that. And, I'm, and I, 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 I can't play too identical games at the same time, if that makes sense. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, yeah. So I pass it to you, because I thought, right, it's not a card battle, so Stu might get on well with it. Better, or better than I I might at uh, the time. Um, and, it, yeah, it's kind of got the things like the RPG. Uh, that's been a real put-off for me. When I see RPG now as something in a game that's not a direct RPG, that's, a, that, that's like a on the negative column for me these days. I don't know why. Yeah, just um, kind of like, I don't, I just, can't you find a way of levelling up my character, please? I don't kind of want to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, there's so many different options, so many different games coming out. And you know that, I mean, studios have to try something new to stand out in the market. Yeah. Which is great. You know, it, push, it pushes innovation forward. But, you know, it can also mean that they 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 pick on something that hasn't been done very often, because you know, because obviously they want to try something comparatively new. But the reason that it hasn't caught on is because it's not very good and you can't really turn it into a game. Um, oh, but I always appreciate the effort. Um, yeah. I would love it if I carry on playing and they, they turn a corner and they get it really right and the thing is as it's as it stands at the moment and this is the last thing I'll say and then we'll move on um as it stands at the moment i think it would be very very simple to tweak so that it would work you need more random elements that's what you need um, because rpgs depend on random elements and i would have it that you had um like a, a third option like a third wheel like a third weapon like a third magic something like yeah that it, ha- it has a uh, a cooldown and it has both a random random effect and random uh, impact on the other grid um, and throw that into the mix and then, you know, where it sends the enemy after you've used it on the grid can then be played into with what your character does. But that's just like something that I've just thought of now. And I think it would make a really big difference. And that's the kind of thing that comes with a lot of play testing and a lot of play testing and development costs a lot of money. And that's probably why we're not there with it. But anyway, I'm glad that they're trying something new. I'll keep with it and I'll report back and see what I think of it.
0: Yeah. No, to- totally with you on that. Again, this is like, again, the RPG things are thing. I know for every one of me, there's probably five people who love the RPG elements. Um, it's like for every one person like you Shuri, who's not a big fan of the roguelike, there's five ten people like me who go bring me the roguelike. Um, yeah. So, you know, not every game has to be for everyone. And we've always stated that um, if you don't like something, it doesn't make it a bad game. It just makes it not a game for you. Um, there are bad games. Um, this is clearly not a bad game. Um, it's you know everything. I, I mean, it's still on my wish list. It's one that well, I think when it drops to you know maybe seventy five percent off, I will take a chance on it. But um, it's yeah, it's not one for me. And it sounds like it's got a little bit of work to do to get maybe just up to the standard it needs to be at to, to really hit the mark.
1: Yeah, we're we in such a funny a funny space because there's so many games. There's just yeah. the market is flooded. And you do need to stand. Like when, you know, when I was a kid, it was like there would be five games out in a month and that would be it, (laughs) you know, available on the shelves and, you know, obviously no online ordering. And, you know, it would be like if this game was one of those five, it would sell quite well. And people would be like, oh, yeah, it does something different. Well, hey, thank God. Whereas now it's like, uh, even though it's, even though it is different, there are still games like it, and it's not at the top of the pile of that so far. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a challenging and, place to be.
0: And what's that word where you say something ahead of time that's going to look to what you're going to say later? What's that word? Prescient? No, you're, you're saying something as a clue for later.
1: A hint? Yeah,
0: okay, we're hinted towards what, what might come later. But, hey, it's a single player game, Stu, and... You know what? Even if they give up on development of it and give up on the game and move on to something else, you can still play it in the future.
1: This is true.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that could lead to. You know, no. yeah.
1: God, where are we going with that?
0: <laughs> I know. That's <sighs> no, no, just just an offhand comment, Stu. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No intent. No intent behind it. At
0: yeah. All. No. 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 Not at all. Um, so moving on. Um, I fresh. I'll say yeah, yeah. Still fresh. I'll say fresh off uh, my hundred hour epic journey on persona 5 royal i've decided to jump back into another persona um not persona 4 uh because that's a bit too long for me again at the moment and i've played it fairly recently a few years ago Uh, but i've decided to jump back into persona 3 portable nice now in terms of what some people might understand The Persona series is actually – people will correct me on this because I'm not going to get it perfect, but it's a spin-off from the Shin Megami Tensei series, which I believe was also a spin-off of something else I can't quite remember. But then you've got the other – there's loads – basically there's tons of different spin-offs of Shin Megami Tensei. And Persona's one of them, and it's probably the most popular of all of them. Um, Now, most people jumped in on Persona, probably Persona 4 – and specifically Persona 4 Golden, which would be the Final Fantasy 7 of the Persona series, if he was going to do that, where most people jumped on. Okay, Persona 3 is probably the Final Fantasy 6. You know, those who jumped on then were probably just a bit ahead of everyone else before it became really popular. Um, and then just, yeah, Persona 5 is 100 hour slog that's well worth playing it's wonderful um hence the reason yeah. it's one of my games of the year last year anyway persona 3 portable is uh 30 to 40 hours long at most um you know it's it's, it's basically the link for this game is the intro of persona 5 <laughs> um <laughs> and it's the usual persona thing you you play a student who. Um, ends up in, like, care to a degree at a new place, like family care and stuff like that. He's had to move there, or they've had to move there in this case for whatever reason. Um, again, I don't want to spoil anything to do with story because Persona M- Games all about the story Um, you go there stuff happens blah 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 blah. supernatural stuff happens there's a velvet room you go into a velvet room you get given all this has got to happen to you Um, this is all happening now that you've arrived and you kind of got to uncover the truth Um, and then you learn about you can get persona you then have to do a bunch of dungeon crawling story unravels etc 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 you must manage your social status take on jobs, um, live a school life, all that kind of thing that's synonymous with Persona. Now, there's got all the dungeon crawling stuff, um, and you kind of, with this one, it's, it's combats a bit differently to Persona 5 and Persona 4, which is why I kind of went back to this one rather than Persona 4 after playing Persona 5. Um, and it's like there's more... Direct control stuff, so you kind of control sort of everyone a bit more during your dungeon crawling. So you, it feels, it feels like there's actually less for me individual control on the um, on each individual battle. So you kind of like you've got to work everyone as a group a bit more than you could in Persona Five. I can't, I can't get that to make sense. It's just a slightly different feel to Persona Five that makes it feel like a completely different game. Um, yeah,
1: just a different dynamic kind of thing with the group. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's essentially the same structure, but it feels different. And I can't quite explain why. Um, ADHD. Um, it's lovely. It's great having to get out claws and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> um, yep. But it's got... got Honestly, uh, everything that you expect in a, in a Persona game is there. Uh, this one you could have um, a male or female character, uh, which is something they've not done since, which I find particularly strange. Um... Some of the stuff in this hasn't aged greatly, uh, but not not to any major issues or anything like that. It's a bit of its time with certain aspects. Persona Four's actually aged a lot worse with some of the uh, homophobia. That's it. It's not homophobic, but the attitudes towards homosexuals in it is a bit questionable with Persona 4. This has got some elements, nothing major. But I don't think there's any trigger warnings or anything that need to go on it. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I reckon I'm about ten hours in. Um, it moves at a lovely pace. Um and you can tell this was made for a different time because this was made to be played and enjoyed, not not to get the most out of it you can. Uh, Persona 5 I think took a risk with how long it was. This is concise. This is, uh, you know, this is just, yeah, it's really well done. I, am enjoying my time with it. The characters I would say don't stand out as much as the later, go- the, like the, the games after that, but still really good characters, really good dynamic, really good story. Everything about it is excellent. Uh, but we can see how much the series has moved on in terms of mechanics and stuff. That's definitely something that has improved over the years. Um, But it's not like going back to some old games where you kind of play, I don't know, uh, let's say, a modern Resident Evil. You go back to the first Resident Evil uh, or the first Silent Hill and you could go, oh, yeah, that's a bit rough how that plays. It's nothing like that. Um, And yeah, I just yeah, highly recommend if you're into Persona series. Honestly, it's fantastic. Um, if you have never played a Persona game, honestly, this is the best jumping on point. It is the best one to jump on. It's the shortest of all the, the, the modern games um, and it's the most accessible, I would say. So yeah, give give this one a go if you've never played. If you've never played Persona 3, definitely give it a go. If you've played Persona 3, go back. It's great. Remember it.
1: Yeah, very nice. I, um, I'm not sure if it's like... Uh, well. Let me put it a different way. One of the... I never really got on with Kingdom Hearts. Like, mm. I'd really tried. But I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep on the PSP. Yeah. And that was a much more sort of... It was a slightly more action focus. There was fewer breakups into cutscenes... Less plot, you know, much more sort of action focused and a bit short. Yeah. So quite, quite a bit shorter. <laughs> Probably twenty hours yeah. shorter. Now, is this the same as that? You know, it, in that it takes the the formula and tweaks it so that it's focused more on being a portable, speedy experience.
0: Um, so, th- the opposite, in fact, I'd say they've tweaked it after this to be a bigger experience. So obviously, this came this came first. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, I mean, you mentioned the Birth by Sleep. That is the only Kingdom Hearts game I've completed. Um, uh, you see? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, yeah, like you, I, I want to like Kingdom Hearts. I do like Kingdom Hearts, but I don't think I've even made it 50% of the way through any of them apart from Birth by Sleep.
1: Yeah, same um, with me.
0: But, yeah, no, this this definitely feels like if you was making today a portable version of Persona based off the success of Persona 5, this is still what you would make. It's streamlined, but it's not streamlined. Just, uh, again, I, I, try, I can't think of the right word. It feels like a streamlined experience compared to what we've been playing of late. And it works because of it. Still some, like, funky bits in there that they could have reworked. I get why they haven't, because it probably, it's not a remaster, then it's a remake. Uh, but, yeah. Um, also one thing it reminded me about is uh, the controversy around the game when it came out Um, so each one has a different way of calling your personas, I can't remember what 4's was specifically but on 5 they take off their mask and that uh, that brings the persona about, in this one they had like um, these guns, like magical guns that they put to their temple and shot um, and that would cause the persona to come out of them um, and when this originally released, there was some um, school shootings in America. Um, and, yeah, it did not go down too well with, especially, the you know, Fox, shall we say, Fox News and the likes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, you know, you could tell... You know, they said, oh, this could cause children to go and start trying to kill them. No, it it was never going to happen. It wasn't a popular enough game to start with. Um, But you kind of look around the hysteria of of media that even a game like this can cause... Um, it was just bizarre at the time. I get why some people go into a panic. You know, don't get me wrong. If you're a parent of someone who's been like their children have been at the end uh, at the end of a school shooting, so whether they've survived or not, I get you might see something like this and and panic and not like it and be against it. But this became a bit of a a, a media uh, scapegoat as well, which was a shame and possibly dented its popularity for a little bit. But it's a honestly, it's a brilliant game, um, and yeah, what? try it, play it, get it, yeah, play it portably on your deck.
1: Yeah, I might well do that. <clears throat> um,
0: it's I, only fifteen quid as well. I think uh, it's okay. like ridiculously cheap.
1: Yeah, that is good. Uh, I yeah, I kind of see you know the 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 problem with the the suicidal imagery. <laughs> like it's it's a real it's a real there's real difficulty with still with kind of separating adult games from children playing games. And, you know, there's not very many games that require that kids don't play them because violence doesn't really, you know, it's not going to turn kids violent and it's so cartoonish, I don't think it's going to desensitise them. But it's sort of strange, strange things, odd things about taboos, can still be influential. Now, I'm, no, I'm not prudish at all about that sort of a thing. You know, I'm like, you know, every adult should have the right to choose if it's fiction. You know, it's, it's fiction, so, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, what happens when there are kids in the mix and parents just going, yeah, yeah, go on, you play that, no problem. Um, that said, should it not exist because of that? No, 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 not at all. Um, I think also nowadays... Unfortunately, school shootings are so common that that alone probably wouldn't stop, you know, something being done. Uh, It's just, yeah, far too often. But anyway, that's a whole other. The one thing I
0: will say, I believe they changed the animation slightly, so it wasn't like directed at their temple and stuff. Again, I might be hazy in my remembering of stuff, uh, but I'm sure like like initially it was like right in the temple, and then I think they they shot kind of. Above their heads, kind of thing, as well. It was, -hmm. was, was, I I believe, there was a slight animation change for Western audiences, anyway. Uh, Now, what is actually this makes calls me to check this is actually rated as a Peggy 12. Um, Now, for me, no Persona game should be anything less than a 15. Yeah, Uh, just because of the the themes it deals with. Um, But this is no exception. Um, I don't think. Many 12-year-olds are developed enough mentally to handle a lot of the themes in this. The violence, the bad language is what it states for Peggy 12. Do you know what? Fine. Um, I, I think we put too much age rating on violence and bad language. Uh, because uh, within reason, depending on the context, exposure isn't bad for that. You know, bad language isn't uh, for me isn't an issue. But... Um, violence certain levels of violence you know we we do that with our kids all the time you know they watch wrestling they watch tom and jerry etc 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 it's not as big a deal as you think certain violence and levels of violence are a completely different thing but the themes we need to actually when we do age ratings concentrate more on themes rather than actions uh um, yeah and this is a great case i wouldn't let anyone under 15 really
1: play this one Ah, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, it's in a those games are in a sweet spot for for that kind of age group that that mm. the their the, the prota- age group. That yes, are playing, they're they're, so. they're the protagonists. Yeah, and yeah. the protagonists are a mixture of child being children mentally and being grown ups mentally, yeah. and also physically as well. And it, yeah, it, fifteen is is the right age. I don't think any any younger than that is is appropriate. And I don't think they would understand the the feelings and the emotions it's something to look to play and look back on in retrospect or whilst you're going through it not something to look forward to
0: yeah now what they could do if like i i think you could make a persona game or persona styled game aimed at children take out those themes and make it a kiddie like type experience with the mechanics i think that's totally possible now i've said no one under 15 should play right so there will be context to this, so don't all write to your local MP straight away. But I'm playing Persona 4 Golden with Edith. Because she caught me playing the end of Persona 5. And she went, oh, this is really good. Can I play it with you? I'm like, no, I'm finished. But we'll play Persona 4 together. Now, I'm skipping most of the story with Persona 4. It's like, nope, skip, 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 skip. We're running through a dungeon. Skip, 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 skip. We're running through a dungeon. Um... Because as a responsible parent, I take control of what my children see. Um, I'm not going to go well. This is a 12, and I, I look at most games aimed at a 12-year-old. And go, Do you know what? That's five, three Um That's not a problem at all, um, and I'll let her play it. Persona, I wouldn't. And I said I am making. She's playing what I would consider now a highly sanitized version of Persona, where all she's doing is running through dungeons. And then passing it to me to actually kill the uh, to actually do the battles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because she can't; she doesn't understand the battles. Uh, <laughs> but all the story is taken out of it. I think there's scope to do a game like that. I think you, if you was to make a Kingdom Hearts using the Persona mechanics, there's a game that'd sell.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I think that they yeah. we're constantly banging the drum for having, you know. Different experiences set in the same universes, and, and even with the same yeah. assets. I, I really want. I'm sorry, but I'm going to bang the drum again <laughs> right now. We really need to start reusing game assets like much more frequently. Um, mm. So, that I'm, I'm reusing new them not stealing them. No, obviously, <laughs> same company, not different company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, that sounds that sounds really good. Uh, when I can find a, a little tiny slot where I can fit in another forty <laughs> hour game, I'll do it. <laughs>
0: Uh, But, yeah, who who doesn't want to see Mickey put a gun to his head and pull the trigger, right? I know, right? Uh, What's next from you, Stu?
1: Well, very, very different in both tone and content, and that's the extremely cartoonish Final Vendetta, which is a scrolling beat-em-up, which the kids, I'm saying, with doing the inverted commas gesture, are calling belt scrollers, apparently. I don't know why. Belt scrollers? Belt, yeah, because you're, like, on a conveyor belt. I think that's what but,
0: that's that's what my mum used to do when she hit me with her belt. Yeah, well there you go. Scroll it across my backside.
1: That's right. And you probably deserved it, Bradley. I would not. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know why I don't like it, but you know I move with the times. I'll, I'm happy to use it. So it's a belt scroller, and it's it's very heavily stylized on uh, Neo Geo scrolling fighting games. So it has really yeah. big sprites, tons and tons of colors. Lots of animation. All the stuff that, you know, is not the absolute key to a great beat-em-up. But it certainly marks it out as being what Final Fight, obviously, was trying to do. But, you know, struggle in a couple of places. Because, you know, obviously the hardware wasn't as good as as the the Neo Geo. um, But, obviously, Capcom did much, much better in terms of quality on most of their scrolling beat-em-ups. Anyway, that's a little tangent. The actual... Gameplay itself makes it the best Neo Geo scrolling fighting game that was never made. <laughs> it's mm. it's an absolute corker. And the reason it's so good <clears throat> is because, not because of the stages, because the stages aren't fantastic. They're, they're okay, but there's nothing in them that's particularly new or exciting. Uh, the, the, uh, the only interesting thing about the stages is that it seems to be set in England. Like, all of the street furniture and signs uh, are all... Very, very English. Um, I've not looked into it, but yeah, they must be English developers because it's like they're they're all English. Um, okay. And the tube is in there, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff, which is you know visually interesting. Although it's still you know you've still got your dirty back back street level and your you know train station level and on a train level and or oh, uh, in a skyscraper level. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that it's a really good fighting game. And it keeps in all the stuff from the latter Streets of Rage games. So you have dash, you have variant grapple and throw. um, So it's not just like you have one type of throw. There's lots of mixing up. It's got the Streets of Rage 4 thing where you've got two types of special move. Um, It's got, you can build up a special move bar, which is, and then use a special move, which is like Final Fight 3, uh, which is on the, SNES, yeah, the Super Famicom. Um, as you can tell by how I'm talking, this is a genre I'm a pretty big fan of, and mm. uh, it does it really, really well. And it's got a a secret source, which is a, a, a kind of like a third button, which is almost like a context sensitive thing. Um, it does different things depending on what you're doing, so it can be a different kind of throw, a different kind of attack, a different thing to do. In a special, it's like a modifier, almost. Uh, so as a direct, it does direct things, but it also has things that do modifiers to it, um, and it adds a complexity that's really great. And it's also got a block button the game, and that adds a little bit more spice, and it allows there to be like a few more enemies on screen at once. Um, and yeah, it's just it's an absolute superb be- uh you know belt scroller. It really is. It, and you know, it's better than Shredder's Revenge, which to me is astonishing. I never thought I'd say there's a better game than that that's come out within the you know 12 months of it. But yeah, there we are.
0: So, questions. Go. Um, and these are kind of loaded because I, I said we know the answer, but hey, this is why we do this thing. Well, just to let you know. Yeah, it is set in the UK uh, because it mentions quite a lot about it's uh, the UK is known for its dance music scene and this electrifying soundtrack complements all the action. Vinyl Vendetta yes. has to offer in tremendous style. So yeah, it's obviously it's UK based. Yeah, soundtrack uh, is
1: amazing. Yeah, carry on, go on.
0: Now, obviously, it, it takes cues from the ga- from games like Street Fighter, Final Fight, etc. Uh, not Street Fighter, Streets of Rage, Final Fight, etc. etc. Can you do wanton violence to inanimate objects?
1: Uh you not wanton, no. It it does have uh you know, boxes and, and barrels that you smash in the traditional style and that you get food out of, including a sausage roll. So yeah, again, ing- very English Whoa. touch.
0: Has it got the traditional though? Uh it's got Pick chicken, up. uh Good. pizza. Well, okay.
1: Uh yeah. No, that's fine, it's got chicken. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah so if
0: you don't have chicken as a health item then don't count nope i agree (laughs) i don't care how serious your game is like you've got to have chicken as a health item
1: (laughs) yeah chicken in a bin um yeah
0: yeah. last of us part three (laughs) chicken in a bin.
1: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) go on then next question
0: um how does the the actual like can you do like the two-part combat so uh, one of my favorite things always to do in uh streets of rage was to sort of walk up to like the person i was playing with and then sort of like vault over them or use them to hold you as you done like a kick out and stuff like that as someone else can you do all those sorts of things
1: i don't know because i've only played it in single player
0: yeah. Oh well, we have to change that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You can you can do the invite thing where only one of you needs to. Oh, it's like,
0: got local remote play. Not local remote what, play. that But yeah, it's got that where, thing where you the, only yeah. need
1: one copy. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll do that. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, so I'll do. They decide whether I actually go and buy it as well because it's on my wish list. But good. I can't afford twenty quid on it at the moment, and I don't know if I want to spend twenty quid on it. Because it's it's a job I don't mind, but it's not up there with my I must have this genres.
1: No, fair enough, understandable.
0: Um, so we'll do that. We'll sort that for next week sometime, and then we'll report back on the co-op. Yeah. Yes, but it does look lovely, animation-wise. Actually, I'm looking at some of the gifs and stuff at the moment, and it does look good. It it looks like it looks like an actual more a proper follow-up to Streets of Rage, and Streets of Rage Four does.
1: Yeah, in, in, a way, style. in a way. In way, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's still in that, yeah, it's in that 16-bit style, which, you know, obviously Streets of Rage 4 isn't.
0: Yeah. No, I do like the, like, the really HD stuff. It looks really, really good. Uh, but this, that's not Streets of Rage for me. That, that's its own thing. This, this looks more Streets of Rage than, than that does. Uh, and, yeah, it looks cool. Uh, also, female character. She's wearing shorts. Well done. Yeah.
1: There's no objectification of her in that. There are. um... she
0: beat Not her. No, but she's beating up someone that's just wearing a panties and (laughs) uh, stockings. So, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. That seems to be a, I don't know. I think you could generously say that it's a comment on these kind of games, but I think that's a bit of a stretch to be honest.
0: But the, yeah, the female character, I I will say very impressed. Doesn't look, you know, they've not gone for the streets of age, uh, can you get a flash up her knickers as you're playing kind of Not thing? Not at all, no. Uh, no. She's dressed for combat, I would say, or at least on the streets. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and one of the characters, is it, is it meant to be an homage to Bebop and Rocksteady? Not one of the characters you play, Why the Enemies. There's like a big brute guy that's wearing a helmet with spikes on it that just reminds me of Bebop and Rocksteady.
1: Uh, well, there's a couple of characters in all the games that are similar as well. Um, ah,
0: so it's just an homage to that kind of character? I think so, yeah. Nah, okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, it does look good. I, I, I can't wait to give that a go, actually.
1: Excellent. Cool. What? Uh, so, what have you got next?
0: I've got nothing next. Um, I was going to talk about Civ, but I'm going to talk about what, how far in are we, Stu? How far in are we? About 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Right. We're going to give us to the hour and see what I get through here. Um, so pick a number between one and three, Stu. Two. Two. We're talking J.K. Rowling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is only one number between one and three. That's a good point. But I know I, 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 said, I took your point.
0: <laughs> I know, I no but I, I, do you know what? I like the pettiness. I know That's I, what I live for. Technically
1: correct, the best kind of correct.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, now, J.K. Rowling, talking about technically correct, that's one thing J.K. Rowling definitely is not. Nope. Um, so, Hogwarts Legacy comes out soon, and boy is there a discourse around this game. Now, a couple of caveats. I'm non-binary, as you know, Stu, um, and I've, I've stated before, one of the reasons I'm not, I don't consider myself trans is I don't have the courage, and I will continue to live a lie till the day I die, because I just do not have that courage now to do that and to put my kids through anything. The the, the, the nastiness that comes with it because of the likes of of, uh, Glynard and J.K. Rowling and stuff like that. I just haven't got what it takes. Um, But I would consider myself an ally to trans people. Now, I made a comment on a forum we both frequent uh, that said, look, I don't care if you buy this game or not. If you want to buy the game because you want to enjoy the game and you want to ignore everything around it, I get it. I would love to be able just to enjoy video games and not care about what surrounds it. Um, you know, I, there's Ubisoft games I I, I fancy playing. I won't play. I will punish. I will stand by and not play them even though I want to. I'd love to be the someone who goes. Oh, do you know what? I don't. I just I, I prefer to have fun. Um, if you could do that, I, I'm jealous of you. There's no hatred, there's no, um, I don't think any less of you or anything like that for doing so. However, I stated that if you buy this game, you cannot call yourself an ally. Now, I'm not saying you don't support the rights of trans people or anything like that. You are not an ally, though, because to me, an ally is someone who is willing to take those extra sacrifices, um, I equate buying this game and saying you're an ally to trans people as going to Anfield, City justice for the ninety seven in support of the hills with victims, and then popping down the road or popping into another city and buying a copy of the sun to read. You might support and believe and know that those fans are innocent, but you're not an ally because you're buying the sun. Yeah. Um, that that's how I equate it um i'm not an ally of of a lot of what are they called people who protest for they want a better world Green, not not greenpeace but um
1: oh extinction agenda
0: not 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 yeah not extinction rebellion but like overall what what are the people oh, call who want to protect <laughs> the earth in general uh tree huggers uh yeah whatever yeah yeah yeah. but basically yeah i i i fully support the calls i fully support the calls i i think they're right in what they're saying i think we've got to do more to save the world i'm still going to eat meat um i like meat um i've got a fear of vegetables um i'm I'm a four year old bloody child when it comes to food at times Um, i'm not an ally i support them and i believe in their calls i'm not an ally um, and I would never want to be considered an ally. And that's how I feel about people who would buy a game like this or or would go and buy whatever J.K. Rowling's next book is or or watch whatever Glitter produces next, which will probably be nothing because no one wants to touch him with a shitty stick. Yep. But, um, you know, I, I you're not an ally. Um, I get you might have kids and your kids come first. Still doesn't make you an ally. Um, yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Now, there's nothing wrong with not being an ally. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Now, I've seen some trans people, and I'm not going to speak for them, who have said, basically, you're wrong for doing it, you're wrong for buying it, blah, 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 blah. I disagree with that because it's personal choice, and there's a lot of people that grew up with Harry Potter. Don't forget, a lot of the trans community grew up with Harry Potter as their strength for why they was able to sort of live the life they that wa- they knew they wanted to live and who they actually were. Harry Potter was a big part of that. So they hurt because of this. They're hurting. So I understand some of their comments don't necessarily agree with the you're in the wrong for enjoying this stuff. Um but what needs to be said is a lot of people then started to equate this and it's not just on the form that I see this, I've seen this on Twitter, I've seen this all over the place to buying iPhones or buying Nike trainers. Um, or well, you might buy an, an Activision game or an Ubisoft game or an EA game, or watch this franchise. I've still got Netflix again at the moment, um, and for me, there's a different line to have. Um, so we we'll use Netflix as an example. Netflix aren't actively trying to harm trans people. Um, they're a major corporation, and they put on what 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 they want to put on. Um, the Ricky Gervais is a transphobe. I won't. I will not watch Ricky Gervais. Now that's me done with Ricky Gervais. He's a transphobe. Um, he's a lot of other things as well. Um, but he's. Um, I won't watch him. Now should Netflix cancel him? Not cancel him though. No. I don't believe you know they should just actively give him carte blanche to do what he wants. But Netflix as a corporation, probably do many, many wrong things, um, including allowing the likes of of Ricky Gervais on there. But as a company, I don't think they're actively trying to harm trans people. Um, J.K. Rowling is actively trying to harm trans people. Um, And before I'd have accepted the argument along the lines of, but what about the developers who are making the game? It's not all games. It's not all J.K. Rowling, blah, blah, blah. And I would agree, yep, yeah, that's fine. Until J.K. Rowling in the past couple of months came out and said, when someone does, how does she sleep at night? No, she's doing all this. And she basically came out with the on large piles of cash. She looks at her royalty checks that come in. Um, yeah, you are actively funding hate. You are actively funding somebody who wants to exterminate people. Um, yet you'll get others also and go You can't compare this to Hitler, you know, because you see the argument: if Hitler made, I don't know, if if Hitler made Elden Ring, for example, um, or or funded Elden Ring, um, you know, would you would you ban, Would you not buy that? I was like, well, yeah, no, I would ignore that completely. Of course, I would because of. Hitler's exterminating whole waves of people um, or, or you know or maybe even wanting to if you have uh, it depending on what point of Hitler's life you decide a JK Rowling's doing the same it is it is one of those comparisons that is absolutely equatable um what she wants is Hitler I- I- idealization uh, uh, idealism sorry not idolizing she probably does I- idolize Hitler but is a uh, idealism that's what she wants she wants a certain type of person to exist and other types of people not to exist and that's the way it is
1: yes absolutely true and it is such a com- like the bigger the bigger debate is very very complicated it really is and ultimately everybody has to draw the line of where they think it's acceptable um but i would say that how to put it i think that it's that if you want to buy you know Hogwarts legacy then you need to really really think about you know the fact that a lot of the money is going to go directly to her um that the publishing company the developers they'll have all factored that into their process like that she will have to pocket a lot of the money They will know that it's still worth doing because they will make a lot of money off the game, like an astonishing amount of money. But they know that they won't get all the profit, which is quite uncommon. Most of the time, a studio will be will set up. uh, They will have their IP, and because they set up that IP, so let's say Sony Studios, they will receive practically all the money. Yet, you know, not even um, oh god, who is it? Warner Brothers, isn't it? Not even Warners will get, will see all that money. Uh, They just know that they will profit off it. (laughs) Profit off it. Um, You're put, yeah, if you buy it, you've got to realise you're putting money in the pockets of a turf, a transphobe. But not only that, like, in retrospect, so much of her writing is racist and bigoted um, in a way that I didn't even notice, you know, until I saw the films. And then I was like, is that because... The directors are making these characters look like stereotypes, uh, and then again years later, after that, you find out no, she was you know had control over the script, the ultimate say, you know. So there's anti-Semitism in there, you know, uh, uh, just all sorts of all sorts of bad stuff. And if you if you pay for the game, you're directly platforming a, a transphobic person and a bigot, and. You know, if if you could, if you know that and acknowledge it, you are educated on that, and you still buy the game because it doesn't have any of that content in it, then that's fine. Well, it's not, but I I agree to disagree with you. That's yeah, you a, yeah, do you yeah yeah. But the thing is, it's kind of like I don't take the argument of like, oh well, <clears throat> you must stop buying everything. You know, somebody used the example of technology in phones and PCs. You know that that goes to regime and money goes to regimes that are despicable, and it's like, well, you know, uh, I would have to stop consuming completely if I was going to yeah. do that. Now, in a way, I'm speaking on other people's behalf here because I try, I try and buy second hand as much as I can, like even new yeah. stuff. But I'm in a position where I can do that. Not everybody is. Um, so you cannot blame people for participating in a consumer capitalist society that they are stuck in they do yeah. they only, you only have freedom and autonomy to a certain degree and very little wiggle room at that so it's a it's an important argument i would say that the easiest thing to say that i i say on a moral level is if you've been educated and you know that the artistic creator of that product Actively funds their bigotry with what you're doing, so it can be Andrew Taint as I like to call him. You know, it can be anybody like that. If the money's going into their pocket, then you should stop if you possibly can. Um, that's my personal moral feeling. I wouldn't impose it on people. That's, but that's how I I feel. Buying stuff that has a tangential link to bad regimes or you know bad c- countries or bad people in any... You can't drive yourself insane with that. No.
0: No, uh, you're 100% right. So, like, I, I've taken the decision to not buy a game that I really wanted for, like before it's released, and that's Cultist Simulator. Uh, because uh, Alexis Kennedy who was majorly involved I don't know if he actually it was his game or whether he was like the lead writer lead developer whatever it was but he was involved in a major way with it basically was accused and I believe proven to be um, exploitative um, so I decided right well that's it's a small indie title um, It's he's directly involved it's his game I'm, I'm not going to do that I'm not going to buy that game I'm not supporting him um, whereas he was also involved with the Sunless Sea, Sunless Skies, Fallen London type games. Yeah. Uh, but he's been moved on since then. I will buy those. Um, he may still get small royalties from those, but that's uh, he's, they, they've moved him on and it's separate from him now. Um, uh, do you know what? There could be someone working on, I don't know, Tetris Effect. You know, you know how much I love Tetris Effect. There could be someone working on that who is a horrible, misogynistic, racist, sexual abuser, but he's working somewhere down the chain. That's not the same as J.K. Rowling at the head of the table being the one who you're punishing. You don't, you know, that's someone who's down the line. They're reprehensible. I don't agree with them, but you can't that banning yourself or, or, or not or trying to stop that game being purchased is not right because of one person down the chain. Um, now, everyone keeps going about our oh, developers won't get paid. They won't get paid. They won't get paid. They have been paid. They do get paid for the work they're doing. Um, and trust me, if a corporation like Warner Brothers wants to find a reason not to pay the bonuses, they will find a reason. Um, such as, you know, they might fall one point short of a Metacritic score or something stupid like that. Um, you know, so they will find their reason not to pay them bonuses. They do still get paid for the work they are they have done or are doing because they have to get a flat rate. Um, if a company's not doing that for them, then maybe take a stand against that company as well for for those people. That might, that, you know, it would help them a hell of a lot. Um, but yeah, the JK Rowling thing is he, is disgraceful. It said, phones, you can't equate it to your phones and stuff because you need a phone in today's age. You can't go completely off-grid yeah. um, unless you go completely off-grid. And I mean, self-sufficient, you're not doing anything other than living off your own farmed land. Um And w- at which point, video games are an issue. Hope. Yeah. So, but you need a phone now. I've got um, like apps I need for my visual impairment, and they won't work on a lot of Android phones because they're just not up to date enough. Um, yeah. and a lot of them I've been told are really only beneficial on Apple devices now. So, I, I'm i doing you phone, I can't buy second hand because I can't afford couple of hundred quid up front so we will get my next phone will be as a, a contract renewal because it's the only way we can afford it end up paying probably three times as much money but hey that that's what life's like when you're poor yeah uh um, poverty <laughs> trap. yeah yeah, yeah the, the, the whole backwards thing of yeah you charge charging more for loans or or whatever and whatever and whatever you have to anyway that's another story um i can't not have a phone and unfortunately my choices are limited to Three or four different corporations, each of which probably uses a sweatshop in China or somewhere, and you can't avoid that. Um, So there are things you can't avoid. Now, if you want to take a stand against Apple and not get Apple products, you might go to an alternative. But I dare say, if you dug, you will find issues with those. You find issues with Samson. You might go, I'm not wearing Nike. I'm gonna wear, I don't know, Asics. I dare say, if you dug enough, you'd find some corporate shingle dug- uh, there as well. Everywhere you look, there's something. Uh, there is no ethical consumption in capitalism. Put that on a T-shirt. I'm sure it already is. Um, and you just got to do. You've got to take your own personal stance. And as I said, I will never judge anyone for liking Harry Potter, for buying into Harry Potter, for continuing to buy into Harry Potter. Um, it's That's you. Um, I can't do it. I appreciate people that will take that stand. They are allies. You are not an ally. You can support me, but you're not an ally. But what I didn't appreciate when I was when I did come it was being told that almost my view wasn't valid by some people. And that, that hurt because... I'm someone, I wouldn't say I'm directly affected as much as people who are trans, but I'm in that community. I'm non-binary. And J.K. Rowling stated non-binary people are in that category for her as well. So I am also, I am to a degree affected by what happens, by what, how much influence she has. And it's not right.
1: No, it's not. No it's it's just in a terrible state with uh, with transphobia and i i am a massive ally if i ever know that anyone's you know uh, to the point where you know i won't reread any harry potter i won't re-watch any films even if the money isn't going anywhere i'm done you know
0: oh yeah for me it's tainted now i i won't watch it i won't again my kids might want to watch it and stuff like that and it's out there if it's on sky tv or itv or whatever fine i'll let them watch it um If we've got any of the books still laying around in a cupboard somewhere, then sure. And they really want to read it. Fine. Um, Me, it's tainted. I don't want to watch it because I know I'll be sitting there going, you can bleep this shoe, by the way. I'll be sitting there going, JK's a cunt, JK's a cunt, JK's a cunt. Rony, that is not Simmons. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) just in case. Um, But yeah, it's, it's unwatchable for me now. Same as a lot of Ricky Gervais stuff. Can't, can't it's it's tainted for me yeah uh the it crowd father ted i loved father ted tainted i can't i can't watch it but again i get some people will still be able to watch the old stuff because they can separate but will be allies by not supporting the new stuff that's all good that's all really really good but i want to end this positively by saying look, all this stuff jk Rowling, uh graham linham and stuff like that this hatred it's a massively vocal minority Um, it's one of those cases where the old adage of there's a silent minority it couldn't be any more true Uh, because 99% of the people in this world probably live their lives daily without worrying or knowing about any of this stuff Um, and that's kind of good Uh, yeah I would love to be that 99% who doesn't worry about this stuff and I envy them I really, really, really do, uh, but that's good that they, they they don't care who's trans or who's not, um, and I've never encountered anyone kicking off at someone being in the in a wrong bathroom or anything. And by the way, for anyone who complains about that, disabled toilets are all non-binary toilets. Uh,
1: that that whole toilet thing is the most ridiculous. This is like straight bananas. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pathetic. But yeah, no, I agree with I agree with everything you said, and um, yeah, we'll just. Here at MHG just continue to be trans allies, yo, know, till the day day we die. And uh yeah, you're safe with us, <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> Which depending on JK Rowling, one of us could be gone next week. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, she's got a lot of money and a lot of power. Let's just be careful. <laughs> no, I don't care.
0: I actually two two just finish on a really positive note. This is gonna take one more minute, I swear Stu. So uh Jay Briscoe, the wrestler, died uh last week, as I said, and He is a great example of you can make mistakes, but you can make up for them. He apologised for homophobic tweets and actually educated himself. Um, And we could all do that. That's someone we can learn from. You don't have to be the perfect person. We all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I I dare say Stu's made a mistake or two in his life. He'd once agreed to sign up to this podcast, you know. So, you know, we've all made mistakes. Uh, It's what you do after those mistakes be a Jay Briscoe, don't be a JK Rowling. I've got to shut up there.
1: Well said, yeah, no, I totally agree. You gotta give people the opportunity to change and you've got to as long as they demonstrate that change in their actions, then that's absolutely acceptable because we can't expect to know everything. Science hasn't known everything. Science is behind and understands that gender is, is a is a construct and that people have you know well, it's too complex to get into here, but, you know, the science... Especially as I've
0: already wrapped myself up, Stu. Absolutely. I'm doing <laughs> it now. You're baiting me. I
1: know, right? Anyway, I'll <laughs> shut up now. <laughs> you can do the up now. Um, so, yeah we continue to be trans allies always will be follow all of our content on the socials visit our website see what's on there there's plenty of good stuff including also links to our reviews and videos that are on youtube but we also have a very active discord that you're welcome to join if you really want to you can give us some money on coffee or join our patreon but apart from all the begging until next time stay safe and stay sane